0: Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission has been to formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie has also created clean protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything your cat expects you to know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give your kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment, often sharing my conversation with feline expert Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, which brings together short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. The festival premieres every fall in New York City and then travels to theaters across America and Canada with a portion of every ticket going to local cat welfare organizations with the support of Dr. Elsie's. One of the great things about having the Cat Film Festival travel the country is that I get to meet incredible people in cities across the country doing things for cats, a lot of sacrifice of time and energy and money and just passion to look after kitties. So I was looking for a beneficiary that I could tag in Phoenix, and I came across cat cavorting TNR, and I thought, look at the good work they're doing and I have the pleasure of meeting Sammy Carosio, who's the founder and director and going to be our partner and beneficiary in Chicago. I'm sorry, in Phoenix, so confusing, too many cities. In Phoenix, Arizona, when the Cat Film Festival comes there, November 2nd. Sammy, congratulations on the wonderful work that you do on behalf of the cats that don't have anyone to speak for them but you and I guess your volunteers. So it's a. It's uns. You're an unsung hero. TNR people are always oh. the unsung heroes, and I just want to say, you are a hero to many of us that love the kitties that don't have anyone to speak for them. How long have oh, you thank been? You. You're very welcome. <laughs> How long have you been doing TNR in Phoenix?
1: Gosh, I started are probably my mid-20s when wow. I came across a cat that needed help and that's when I learned about
0: it of course I don't know how old you are now so we're not going to have to make that <laughs> clear because lots of us are old when we're on this program and been, been in the fields a long time but you obviously yep. made a, a whole nonprofit around it which takes a lot of time and energy to become a nonprofit what was it that made you realize that there was more than that one cat that you rescued or that you decided mm-hmm. to take care of when did you realized that there was a much bigger issue in Phoenix
1: well I I started volunteering about 20 years ago for um, a rescue in the state and I was doing cat adoption and it just felt like we were never getting ahead
0: Yes, (laughs) you know as soon as you adopt
1: 5, 20 come in Yes, and I just got very concerned with how this was happening and then when I did run into a cat um, and I brought the cat to a shelter they had noticed that she was lactating so they mentioned, well, did you see any kittens around there? Because obviously she was abandoned since she was friendly and I didn't have to trap her. But that's what your first instinct is to do is to trap the cat because it's probably feral outside. Yes. And I later joined a board after doing a little bit of TNR here and there just for my friends or people I ran across that mentioned the cat problem. And uh, I was on a board raising money for cats and dogs, spay and neuter, since our, our state does have a huge problem with both. Multiple cats and dogs um, just being euthanized every day. And while on that board, I realized we were focusing so much on um, pets, so pet cats, pet dogs. Right. But the problem with cats is generally feral community cats are the ones that are causing the overproduction of cats versus people breeding their dogs.
0: That's exactly right, because people don't keep intact cats. You can't live. You really can't live comfortably inside your house or even outside, if you call it your pet and look after it, with a cat who's intact. Yeah. I mean, the females scream, the males spray. It's a jolly mm-hmm. mess. And in no time, you have just, uh, well, as you said, just this proliferation of babies. So that's good. You decided yeah. you had to get to the root of the problem.
1: Yep. And then I actually, um, I was on the board for a couple of years and I did Mentioned maybe we can ear tag just a little bit of funds towards the you know hundred two hundred thousand we were raising every year, um, just throwing a couple of events. But we because of the partnership they had at the time with Maricopa County Animal Care and Control, it was all geared towards reducing the amount of animals going in, and those are just friendly cats and dogs. So I reached out to a few other nonprofits in the area that did TNR and offered to help fundraise if maybe they could fund the cost while I was going out and helping random people I would meet in the neighborhood Um, I spent about three to four thousand dollars two years in a row to save local cats and it just felt consuming when my car barely drove well
0: so um, since
1: I couldn't find an organization to kind of have that equal benefit from us helping each other I was like you know what I'm just going to start my own nonprofit because then I can raise money and people can get a tax write-off but it's not just my money Um, So five years ago to August 1st, I found a cat cavorting.
0: Cat cavorting is a wonderful name. But before we go into how you found the name, because it's cheerful. And sometimes the whole TNR (laughs) situation, as you said, seems like a bottomless pit of, oh, my God, can I catch them all? Can I spay and neuter and vaccinate and chip or not even chip, but just vaccinate and make them well and then put them in a colony? But the name cat is so cheerful. The the thing that I'd like (laughs) to point out to anyone listening is that starting your own nonprofit, and I've talked about this a lot on the show, is a really complicated process and demands mm-hmm. a lot of bookkeeping and demands a lot of following rules and demands a serious commitment. And yeah. if you hear Sammy's journey, it involved volunteering, and then it involved on being on a board, and then on another board. I mean, there's so much to learn about how a nonprofit mm-hmm. functions – And wouldn't you also say, Sammy, how a nonprofit can be dysfunctional?
1: Oh, yes, Tracy. I mean, (laughs) I've been on so many (laughs) different boards in all different industries, professionally, you know, animal related is my main focus in life. But um, professionally, I was in marketing. And so you see the dysfunction in every single group. Everyone wants to be the leader. Everyone wants to do things their way. Yes. And I didn't want my own nonprofit by any means because exactly what you said, the bookkeeping, the rules, it's, it's pretty stressful. Um, we get lots of emails. We get about 15, 20 emails or texts every week um, asking for help, and then we do our best to help. But if sometimes people don't like your answer, um, and they get really <laughs> mad. <laughs> Why can't you come out here and pick these 20 cats up, Sammy?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I don't have a
1: rescue. I have nowhere to house them. I'm a human, too, who has a family and <laughs> I used to work, but I take care of my son now and I do my volunteer work. And just, so it's a little hard. It's hard because your heart breaks when you have to tell people I can't do more, but this is what I recommend you do. And that's kind of what my whole goal with cat cavorting was, was I, I picked a light, happier name because I want to focus a lot on the education side. That's making sure great. when people reach out, they don't, they don't, they're not like, okay, now what do I do next? What do I do next? I literally send them an email with. This is what we recommend you do based on your situation. And then we give them all these links, attached paperwork that other nonprofits like Alley Cat Allies have put together professionally so I don't have to recreate the wheel. (laughs) And and then we kind of just guide them along the way if we physically can't help them.
0: And now Alley Cat Allies, for those of you that may be kind of new to TNR or aren't clear – Back in the day, I mean, long time ago, five, ten years ago, was the first time that I'd learned about Alley Cat Allies, and it's a national organization. Sammy, can you just talk for a minute about the difference between a local nonprofit that's in the in the in the alleyways, if you will, of Phoenix or whatever mm-hmm. town they're in, and what Alley Cat Allies does? Does it what it does for you, or or what it doesn't do for you? Can you explain it because mm-hmm. it's an interesting national organization, but it only works, I think, if you clear it up for me and for people listening, mm-hmm. sort of hand in glove with a group like yours. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, you know, so Alley Cat Allies is great because when you Google like cat R, you do get some local groups, but everyone is overwhelmed. Arizona, we are drowning and like just so many cat births, kitten births, especially after the pandemic with covid um, and everyone shut down, so no one could do TNR or That's even fix right. pets. It was just a nightmare, and it made it so much harder in Arizona. So, um, And I'm not saying it wasn't in other states. I just know from living in Arizona. Correct. But when I created cat cavorting, everyone wants you to come to events and pass out educational materials or send them guides on how to um, figure out the kitten's age because you don't want to take the kittens too soon or you're going to have to bottle feed every day. And right. if you take them too late, uh-oh, they might. it might be Get harder pregnant. to foster yeah. them. Yeah. Yep. Or they're already pregnant. Exactly. So it was great because when I registered my, um, my nonprofit with Cat, or Alley Cat Allies, they immediately emailed me and, and said, well, do you want some materials? And they sent wow. me this huge box and it wow. had all this educational material in English and Spanish. So we have door hangers. We have um, everything we could need at fundraising events or just out there educating the public about what they need to do and then they also sent me like some adorable t-shirts and trap covers and things and said give these away if you want to use them as a fundraiser so it just is nice to have that affiliation because again I don't want to sit here and write all this documentation when my whole purpose is to be available to help people not to sit in a little office and just type 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 the same things that are already up and all their materials are fantastic they have all the facts on there, and they actually show where the facts come from. So if someone's arguing with you about an agency right. meeting, saying, well, if we euthanize them all, then they won't come back. And you're like, actually, right here on this document I'm showing you, they did this study, and you can quote these things, and it just gives you another backing. You're backed by a national organization, a nonprofit that has done the research.
0: That That's really great. It's actually much it's much better than i had even thought i had no idea that they created actual physical things you could use to reach people yep. in your community and the idea that it's also in spanish i mean we're becoming a i don't know i'm picking a number i don't know this for a fact 50% spanish speaking <laughs> country there yeah. spanish speaking people of many nations would mm-hmm. love to learn these things and be part of the solution and you know have uh, have community cats that they and their families could look after Everyone that learns about TNR, not everyone, a lot of people who learn about TNR can embrace it. And once they're educated about it, as you said, and can understand it, they, can, they don't have to have a cat in their house to love cats and contribute to mm-hmm. sort of the wellness of cats generally. It's great that Alley Cat Allies can do all that for you. I, I must say what's really interesting to me, again, about the Cat Film Festival, Which will be in Mm -hmm. Phoenix on Wednesday, November second, and cat cavorting will be there. um, Is how responsive cat people in the cat welfare community are to me reaching out to them with the film festival. Now this may you wouldn't know this because you're the cat person, right? You're not. You might like dogs, but you don't know what goes on in dog rescue as much, even though you've been on these boards. Let's say Mm -hmm. I reached out to in fourteen cities. I reached out to. 14 different local cat welfare organizations or groups as tiny as yours and as big as ones that have, you know, big paid staff. Everybody, Mm -hmm. everybody said, thank you. I'd love to like you did. That's so great. What can I do? (laughs) The dog people. Now, all of you listening need to understand this. And if any of you are affiliated with a dog rescue group in any of the cities that you'll see, on the catfilmfestival.com or the dogfilmfestival.com, they didn't even answer. What do you make of that? It's so curious because when we have these festivals in the theaters, the cat people buy twice as many tickets as the dog people. Now, what does this Hmm. tell us about the importance of cats to people generally? We don't realize it, but they're very important to people. The people doing the good work and the people admiring the good work. There's a great deal yes. of interest and support and energy and enthusiasm. The dog people are just a little slower to respond. They're not as energized about it. Do you think that as a cat rescue group, you just have to be on a higher amp than dog people because because you just have this constant flow of kittens if you don't jump in?
1: That's a great question, and I love the way you phrase all of that, too. Um, I have noticed, you know, being on other boards and volunteering for cat and dog rescues that always been focused on cats because I felt like they're the underdog.
0: Definitely. Kind of funny, dogs, no, it's underdogs. true. <laughs> they are. The but, kitties are the but, underdogs.
1: Yeah. People complain about them being a nuisance. How do we get rid of them when people see dogs on the street or they're complaining on like all these different websites online or Facebook? It's always like, oh my gosh, those you know, poor, poor dogs thing. on the street, they yeah. were going to get hit by a yes. Do- by yes. car. yes. Other people are like how do I get a sprinkler to spray them or what do I put outside to make them go away? And Oh no, they had kittens in my yard. My dog hates kittens or I'm allergic. And it's just always an excuse. Most of the time, not everyone, but I would say 80% of the emails we get sounds like people are annoyed that they have to deal with these cats because they're not my cats. They say, right? And yes, they're not my cats either, but they're the (laughs) community cats, (laughs) but the community should care about the cats. And I do often defer to saying community cats over feral because so many at least in phoenix or arizona in general are friendly cats that someone couldn't take care of anymore Um, we're dealing with a lot of homelessness these days with very high rent rates and um, people are just letting their cats out because they think it's better than going to a county facility and dropping them off because the rumors are you know they euthanize all of them it's not true there is a high rate of euthanasia of course because we are so overpopulated with cats but it's a better chance for them to be put down humanely than to get hit by a car, poisoned, or attacked by a coyote. Because we do see them even in the city where I live. We see coyotes all the time.
0: Or what about starving to death? Who says? Yes. Who oh, says yes, that a cat yep. who's lived yep. in a home and someone's flipped a, a, a pouch open for them their whole life, and now they yeah. say, "Well, cats are f- cats are independent. They can fend for themselves." How do they get the? Yep. How do they get water? How do they get food? So they're suffering the whole time too. It's It's complicated because they give this impression, whether it's sort of a cultural um, misunderstanding, that uh, cats cats do fine without people. They don't really need people. Heck, they'll find some mice or rats. They'll be fine. Well, Mm -hmm. it's not all that easy. You know, it's not all that easy to catch a mouse or a rat if you're a small cat who's spent your whole life indoors. You don't have those hunting skills. You know, you can play Mm -hmm. with a cat dancer toy that's a lot different than, than having to hunt for your dinner. So yeah, it's, it's horrible that the people think that they're doing something more humane, and they're really consigning the cat to a lot of suffering, except for that there's groups like yours. Now, when you do TNR, and you find a friendly cat, like super friendly, clearly not feral, never, never had the the hobo life, do you <laughs> try to get that cat into foster right away? And And not keep him in a community because he really doesn't belong in that community outdoors, does he?
1: No, and I always do. Um, Our group does that. There are so many groups. There's, um, you know, four of us volunteers. One lives in Reno, and she does all our social media. Um, I have a wonderful trap queen, I would call her. Nice. She's this wonderful woman who traps for everyone in the area. I fund, with cat cavorting donations, I fund anything that the people that she's helping cannot do. Um, she used to pay out of pocket and she's just this wonderful, sweet older woman. Than me, be and she's just so kind. So all of a sudden she's like, I'm $800 short. And I'm like, well, give me the receipts and I can, yes. send, you know, pay yes. you back for it. Yes. But that's why I, we need to focus on more volunteering and donations. And then I have another sweetheart who, um, she can't physically do it because she's a single mom with two children. But ever since I helped her, she lived down the street from my old place. And I went over there and assessed her situation, just like all our volunteers do, us four people. And, um, and I told her, well, let's make a plan. Let's get these cats fixed and the kittens into a rescue. And she was like, I want to volunteer with you because you were so helpful. And I called 20 different nonprofits and no one called me back. See that? See that?
0: This is is the greatness of cat (laughs) people. Sammy, we've run out of time, but I just want to say to anyone in Phoenix, you see cat cavorting, you hear about it, you you go and give money or time or energy or whatever you can. And I hope that everyone will come out for the Cat Film Festival, meet Sammy and maybe some of her volunteers, but really support what cat cavorting is doing. It's so vital and so wonderful. Thank you for being here, Sammy. Thank
1: you so much, Tracy. I really appreciate you guys choosing us and um, also for this conversation.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, which created their own clean protein cat foods, inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey to better satisfy a cat's appetite with ingredients naturally intended for her body. 90% of the protein in clean protein is animal-based, not plant-based, as in many cat foods, which can compromise cats' health. Clean protein is the first dry cat food I can personally recommend as a healthy choice, although I always hope that wet food will be your cat's primary diet. Thanks again for being here.